This is Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare from Rock 94.7. Welcome to 13 Questions on Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Tonight's guest has a resume that any guy would envy. Rock star, porn star, actor. He spent over two decades kicking ass and taking names as the bass player and lead vocalist of Biohazard. And now he's ready to kick even more with Attica 7. Fellow metalheads, it is my honor and privilege to say, Evan Seinfeld, welcome to Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Not a problem. Now, Evan, Blood of My Enemies has a lot of killer moments. Let's start with the first single, Devil's Daughter. Now, towards the end of it, it features a woman who sounds like she's enjoying herself. Is this one of your co-stars from your adult film career? When when you hear the uh, the the outro of Devil's Daughter and you hear uh, a very sexy woman... Uh, feeling some pleasure it's kind of uh the song mirrors the seduction of addiction but it's actually not only is it one of my co-stars it's my better half of my wife lupe fuentes who's sitting here enjoying breakfast with me and uh you can check her out at ilovelupe.com see that's ilovelupe.com i'm gonna have to look that up after i'm uh, <clears throat> not at work now let's talk about the the cold hard truth. It's it's kind of like a spoken word piece. Was that always intended to be a spoken word piece? You know, when I write lyrics, sometimes it's really inspired by the music, and sometimes I just have an idea and I just write. And um, cold hard truth. I didn't know if it was going to be a song. It was just a poem. And a lot of my songs start out as poems, but when I wrote that, it was just a feeling and an intention, and it was just. It was just, you know, that, 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 that feeling that hopefully you never understand, but everybody goes through it one time in your life when they kind of feel like the world turns their back on you. And, you know, sometimes you think people you can count on turn out to really not be there for you, and you feel kind of, kind of screwed over. And, you know, I was just venting. I wrote some lyrics, and we were going to put it to a song, and, and I was fooling around on the mic with Mudrock, and I just I started doing it like kind of, you know, poetry style and he was like wow that's really cool you should put that on a record just like that so there you have it spoken word unintentional now the song no redemption features a scathing rebuke of the industrial prison complex in the united states oh, let's say for a sec that evan seinfeld is put in charge of prison system reform for a year what's the first change you make the first change i would make is i would probably release about 80 percent of the prisoners of nonviolent offenders and uh you know, the, the prison system is a huge business. You know, America is per capita the most, in, we're supposed to be the most civilized country in the world, and we are the, by far the most incarcerated. And uh, that's because state governments and federal government make a lot of money from keeping people in prison. I would release most of the nonviolent offenders and turn it into a fine-based system to put money, in, you know, in, into the governments, but man you know the, the i would certainly also change you know the conditions of what goes on in prison and make it more human more safe now a vast majority of attica seven's blood of my enemies was written by your guitarist rusty coons who's actually going to be on a sons of anarchy uh, on the on the upcoming season a majority of this material was written by rusty while he spent seven years in prison including two years on solitary confinement what was the first thing you thought when you checked out his work for the first time? You know, it was incredible. The story is incredible of how Attica 7 came together uh, because I had just decided that I wanted to do something new and I didn't know what it was. And uh, Rusty, who's my best friend, called me up and said, hey, could you fill in for a couple of shows? 
we just fired our singer and you know we're trying to put this band together and he sent me the music and I was already aware of the music but he sent me the lyrics and the first time I read the lyrics I was just I had chills all over my body I was so uh, it, it was such a connection to the despair and the desperation and the pain and the fear and the str- the inner strength that comes from being put in such a desperate situation and it it reminded me of the of the passion of why I started making music in the first place so you know that helped me to write songs on the record and to you know help make these songs as as good as I can but you know sometimes from the darkest places the best things happen and sometimes you know we need to go all the way down to the bottom to figure out where where it is we want to go so you know Attica 7 from the depths of you know uh of a seven-year prison sentence and two years in a hole, you know, comes uh, some very inspired music. So I'm very, you know, grateful to be part of the process. Now, Rusty actually developed his guitar technique in prison. He didn't have any CDs. He didn't have any radio. He had to, like, figure it out. Now, Evan, you, on the other hand, you've been working as a professional musician with other professional musicians for, like, a couple of decades Musically speaking, what's the most non-conventional thing you've seen Rusty do on a guitar? Well, the, it's really funny because the when when we're working on Attica music, you know, we we kind of write the songs. We have this kind of methodology where you know Rusty plays all these riffs at like quiet half volume, so the guitar sounds almost acoustic, and it starts off with like these these dark little tuned down like almost finger picking riffs it's like he's almost playing it like it's blues country but the riffs are you know black sabbath melodies and i start singing and then we just raise the volume slowly and slowly until it's heavy metal but the most unconventional thing he does on the guitar he's like a giant person he's like a giant guy like rusty's like six six foot five and his fingers barely fit on the guitar so he looks like he's playing some kind of ukulele or something. So just in general, the entire thing is unconventional. You know, he looks like he's strangling this tiny guitar the whole time. His fingers don't look like they can do what they do. It's pretty funny to watch. You're listening to 13 Questions on Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare is a three-hour metal show heard every single Saturday night from 9 until midnight, Central Standard Time on Rock 94.7 and 102.9 in Central Wisconsin and worldwide online at rock947.com. Our interview with Evan Seinfeld of Attica 7 continues. Now, Rusty is also a custom motorcycle builder. You ride, he rides, your bass player Tony Campos rides. Have you guys ever made it to the uh, fall ride in Tomahawk, Wisconsin? Oh, I did not know that, you know, I'm not really hip to the Tomahawk ride. I don't know if Rusty's ever been up there. Um, but, uh, you know, we we certainly are, you know, a band that's inspired by, you know, motorcycle and biker lifestyle. Uh I've never been to that ride, but we'd love to come. Book us a show. Let's go. You guys should really make it a point to come up there. I mean, we got the fall colors. It's a hell of a party. And plus, uh, Pickles, the drummer from Death Clock, is from there. So Now, Attica 7 is currently on the Rockstar Energy Uproar Tour. Uh, what are your tour plans after that? Um, we are in the process of booking a, an entire world tour. We've got our agencies uh, you know, out there looking for gigs. If anybody would like to book Attica 7, you can go to Attica7.com. Uh, we're playing the West Coast dates of the uh, Uproar Tour. Um, we're playing a bunch of headlining shows. We're going to do an album release show here in L.A. 
uh, where we're where we're where we're from, and uh, the tours should continue out across the United States, Europe, South America, Japan, you know, wherever they'll. Wherever they'll let us play. Evan, you've worked in the music and the porn industries, both of which have been beaten up by internet piracy. What do you think musicians and porn professionals need to do to stay in business? Well, I don't think there's a whole lot. You know, I must be a glutton for punishment because for me to choose industries that are completely victimized by piracy, I mean, what can musicians and artists do to protect their copyrights? You know, I think that you know the the U.S. government doesn't do anything to protect copyright holders. As a matter of fact, the the way the the Digital Millennium, Millennium Copyright Act has been written, and most of the laws that affect our copyrights, it's kind of open season on piracy. And you know, the end users have been you know have been educated; they don't have to pay for music. That it's okay, and if a band speaks up and says, "Hey, man, don't steal my music. If you like me, support me," they're now a douchebag because everybody has a Twitter name and everybody has an opinion, and they feel like, you know, if your father, if your father was an artist and your father was a painter, and he made a painting every year to sell to feed his family, uh, you know, you'd have to have the balls to break into his house and steal it, and you know, the fact that you know, I'll tell you what's happening in the, in the adult business is now. People are um, copyright holders are hitting up the internet service providers to get a hold of your IP address. So you download a record, you download a porn video. We know who you are, and they're coming after people. And in the porn world, a lot of people who download, you know, um, black and fisting eighteen don't want their name in the paper that they downloaded that video. So they're settling and they're sending money. And it's becoming a very expensive uh, thing. And I think until until the government gets involved, I mean, Hollywood's going to go out of business, you know? There's not going to be, you know, Russell Crowe's not going to be able to make a movie that's worth anything anymore because, you know, every day the Internet speeds get faster, there's more and more piracy. And I honestly, I think the best thing that artists can do is kind of appeal to the to their to their fans and say, hey, if you like us, support us. And don't steal our music, or maybe the whole business model has to change because the way it's being set up now is places like Pandora and Spotify. The only one who makes money is Pandora and Spotify. The artists don't get paid. The artists get paid like one twenty-fifth of a cent of a percent. It's nothing, uh, and it's really, really up. And honestly, uh, in the adult business, there's so many lawsuits right now, and a lot of those pirates' bays and things like that are being shut down. And uh, I think everyone's going to remember this time. Hey, remember when everything was free and people were stealing everything before it stopped? You know, I I don't know what musicians can do. I look for an answer every day. You know, I don't want to be that guy who, you know, tells my fans they're wrong for wanting my music and if they can get it for free. Hey, all I can tell you is this. If you like, if you like Attica 7, if you like what I do, and you've downloaded my music for free, come to the show. Buy a ticket. Buy a T-shirt. Come check out the band. Spread the word, tell other people about it, you know. I guess the fact that it is free at least can be a marketing tool to create, you know, momentum and fame. One of the ways that you guys are marketing your album is you have a deal where fans can get a free bottle of hot sauce when they purchase Blood of My Enemies. Whose idea was that? Uh, I got to not take credit for that. It's probably somebody over, I think it was uh, a guy named Sean over at the record company that he's involved with this, uh, here's the metal, molten metal hot sauce, and uh you know, uh, 
hey, you know, whatever it takes, get people excited, you know. I mean, uh, there, this uh, heavy metal enthusiast uh, hot sauce company wanted to partner up with us and, you know, give out their hot sauce with our with our record. We thought it was a cool marketing deal, you know. When we're out on the Uproar Tour, we'll be selling, uh, we're going to be selling like a T-shirt and CD together for like 20 bucks. So we think that's a pretty good deal since some people sell T-shirts for 20 bucks alone. And we just really want to put our music in people's hands. That's really, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the music is what we're passionate about. And I never got into the music for the money, for sure, you know. I got into porn for the money. And, you know, boy, that's up now, too. So what are you going to do? You're listening to 13 Questions on Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare is a three-hour metal show heard every single Saturday night from 9 until midnight Central Standard Time on Rock 94.7 and 102.9 in Central Wisconsin and worldwide online at rock947.com. Our interview with Evan Seinfeld of Attica 7 continues. Uh, Evan, during your time with Biohazard, you guys were the first to fuse hip-hop and metal When's the last time you talked to the guys in Onyx? You know, uh, out here in L.A., I run into people all the time, and uh, I actually ran into Sticky Fingers from Onyx about a year ago, um, just out in the street in, in Hollywood. And that's a cool guy, man. Those guys are, you know, he's an actor now. He's doing music. I guess if you're passionate about something, you do it because you love to do it, you know. Um, you know, I think rap is something that, you know, it has become the new pop in a lot of ways. And, you know, the commercial rap artists were making a lot of money, and now it's kind of changing more towards, like, pop and dance music. But uh, he's a good dude, man. He's got his own uh, little record label going or something. And uh, I saw Fred Joe Starr a couple of years ago, too. You know, Onyx, that was a really cool time because we we were lucky to collaborate with those guys and do some pretty... You know, some pretty hardcore stuff was a lot of fun. Now, Evan, today you're a professional musician, porn star, actor. What do you think that punk kid, just getting started with Biohazard in 1987, what do you think that kid would say if he saw you today? It's really funny. You know, I was always very ambitious, and I just always very task-oriented. I'm the kind of person I just, you know, I have a million projects and a million ideas, and I'm always trying to do something new, you know, uh, it, you know, back in 1987 when I started Biohazard, I was kind of on drugs and, and, and just not thinking about what I was doing. I was kind of just doing. And, uh, you know, today I try to channel that when I'm being creative, but I try to have some more big picture look at it. Um, I think I've always had a really strong work ethic, and I think that if I was able to look in the future, uh, you know, from 1987 and look at today and see where I'd be at, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. You know, you wanted to do all those things. You did them all, and I, you know, I hope I continue to grow and evolve. You know, I mean, that was the whole purpose of me starting Attica Seven was to evolve as a singer, to evolve as a musician, and to kind of broaden the scope of what I can do on the microphone and as a performer. You know, to be able to put down the bass and just pick up the mic and sing and be a real front man something that I really never had the opportunity to do. Uh, Evan, there's a bunch of guys who listen to uh, Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare every single Saturday night while they're doing time at Stanley Correctional Institute. I got a handwritten letter from Josh, Fonz, and Hoy who are in uh, McNaughton, another institution. And these guys tell me uh, via Facebook, via the letters, that this music, this metal, makes doing hard time a bit more bearable. 
Given your experience with the legal system, given Rusty Coon's uh, experience, do you have some words of encouragement for the guys who are currently doing time? You know, anybody, you know, anybody doing any, any hard time is, you know, faced with a, uh, such a horrible set of circumstances. And, you know, wherever you find your inspiration, wherever you find your inner strength, you know, if it's in the music, you know, then, and, uh, you know, if, if we at Formatica 7 can be some inspiration, I mean, I could tell them, check out Attica 7, because a lot of these songs originated in prison. We actually talked about doing some shows in some prisons, um, because that's where this whole thing started for Rusty, and it's funny, because we we have a song called No Redemption, but we really think that there may be some redemption here in the end, you know? Now, Evan, you've been asked a lot of stupid questions over the years by a lot of stupid DJs. Is there a question you wish someone would ask you in an interview, but no one ever does? Uh, hold. I want to share this one with my wife. Hold on a second, because she's going to get a laugh out of this. Um, hold on, my video speakers. Okay, I'll ask again. Evan, you've been asked a lot of stupid questions by a lot of stupid DJs over the years. What's the one question you wish somebody would ask you in an interview, but no one ever does? Uh, my first thing that comes to mind is, is to say how big is your but I think Kavina and Rich already asked me that on Sirius. Um, what I would kind of really want to ask wouldn't be about me. It would be about the people who ask the questions. What I would say is uh, why do so many... Like, like when someone like writes an album review, like Attica 7, for instance, our album came out two weeks ago, and we've got about 100 review, reviews, and probably 90 of them are great, and probably eight of them are horrible. There's like nothing in the middle, right? And the ones that are horrible, they just sound like guys who are just frustrated guys who played in a local band in high school, never made it, and they're jealous, and they're hate, hateful, and like they just totally rip into you and make it personal personal like and i'm always i always want to say do you think that makes you look good you look like a bitter hateful piece of and why did you insist on reviewing my record if you don't like it you know and then what i really want to ask them is does your not get harder or is it just tiny (laughs) well evan i'll tell you right now man my is very small but i still love your album attica seven blood of my enemies kicks all kinds of ass That's Evan Seinfeld of Attica 7. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter, and pick up their latest album, Blood of My Enemies, in stores now. Evan, been a fan for a long time, man. Thank you so much for being a part of Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Not a problem. And thank you for listening to 13 Questions with Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare. Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare is a three-hour metal show heard every single Saturday night from 9 until midnight, Central Standard Time on Rock 94.7 and 102.9 in Central Wisconsin, and worldwide online at rock947.com. Next time you're on Facebook, please give Scary Terry's Saturday Nightmare a like. I'm Terry Stevens. You can follow me on Twitter at TerryRock947. Thanks for listening.